Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Hajin Bible Church, and welcome to our communion table. And uh, um, we are going to give God a moment of silence, confession, and then invitation for filling and sanctifying. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we come to your throne of majesty and grace. We are here to worship you, to thank you, to love you, and to tell you that we have received your gift of eternal life through your only begotten Son, who is our Lord and Head, Christ Jesus, the Nazarene. And uh, we are here accepting his love, and uh, we are here to profess our love for you. For the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our willingness to obey. And we're also here to honestly telling you that we have not been perfect as you have expected because we have a sinful nature to deal with in our, in our flesh and uh, our spirit who has the Holy Spirit is not always in control of our soul and our body and when that happens we would have wrong thoughts, words and actions that defy and that conflict with your holy nature, with your truth and love. For those, we are here to tell you that we are sorry. And we are here to confess and we're here to give you a vow that we want to be different. We want to be transformed. We want you to cleanse us, forgive us. We also want you more so to uh, give us power to overcome sin, to let our spirit rule over our soul and body follow the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, <coughs> to follow his lead, to know what to do and not to do, so that we can live a life of holiness and righteousness and truth and love to glorify Christ and to bring others to Christ. For that purpose, we are here confessing, repenting, and we pray for your forgiveness and uh, our cleansing and uh, the refilling with the Holy Spirit so that we can live a life as you have commissioned us to live. It's in Christ Jesus' name we pray.
our devotional communions, we have been doing this series uh, called How Did Israel Do Under the Law? Okay. Uh, remember the spirit of the law, let's review it. Five verticals. Number one, be grateful. Number two, be faithful. Number three, be consistent. Number four, be trusting. Number five, being obedient. And then the horizontal one, number one, to respect life. Number one, that, that number six is, no, number seven is marriage. Number eight is property, right? And number nine is be just. And number ten is be fair, okay? So we are dealing with number four now, okay? Uh, be grateful. Israel failed that pretty soon out of when they're out of Egypt. When they lack water, they complained. They're not grateful. They want to go back to Egypt. And then number two is when they uh, obeyed the golden golden calf, which is by the high priest. Okay, that's pretty soon also, right? When Moses was still on the mountain, they made the golden uh, golden uh, calf. So that's violating number two. Okay, number three is when they become like the Canaanites. Okay. When they become like the Canaanites, that's early in the Judges period. Okay, when uh, when the grandson of Moses became the high priest of an idol, when the uh, tribe of Benjamin protected the scoundrels who raped to death a woman, and they are bisexual these guys, and but they they raped raped the woman to death, and then this local government want to protect them. They refuse to give them up to the national government. So they have to launch a holy war on the Benjamites. And that holy war was directed by the grandson of, um, uh, of Aaron. Okay? His name was Phineas. So these all happened in the early time of the judges. Because they're just two generations from a, uh, Moses and, uh, and Aaron. That's number three. When they, are, they became like the Canaanites. And not consistent. Okay. Number four, not being trusting. That's not obeying the sabbatical, well, all the sabbatical things, starting from Jubilee and then sabbatical years. Okay, then the Sabbath day. So that is in the middle of the judges' period, during the time of Gideon, who is the greatest judge, who is also the first uncrowned king. When Gideon... Uh, when well, when he was in need, that's when Israel was oppressed by two enemies, one from the south called the Amalekites, one from the north uh, called the Ammonites. So uh, when you have a two enemies from north and south, that is a national crisis. Okay? And then they forced the Israelites to, well, they, they couldn't keep their harvest. Whenever they're harvesting, if they throw it up in the air on the mountaintop, that's what, what you do, right? And then they, the enemy saw it, and they'll come and then take away the food. So the Israelites were starving. So Gideon was, um, he was from a small clan and a small family, and he thought he was nobody. And God raised him up. Gave, he gave him opportunity to test him. You know, God usually said, don't test me. But when God wants you to test him, test him. Okay? Because he's trying to build up your faith. Okay? And Gideon did that, and his faith 
built up. And finally, he built up a 100,000 people army, but God says, send everybody away, only keep 300. And with 300, he defeated the enemy of 100,000. So he, he, ha- he was a savior, deliverer for the Israelites. The Israelites were very, very grateful to him. So they said, may you and your sons rule over us. In other words, we'll give you the kingship. What did he say? He said, only Jehovah rules over us. Sounds good? Sounds really good. If he just stopped there. But his next sentence, he said, please give me all the money that you collected during the victory. So they gave all of the gold and silver to him, and they piled into a hill. So he became the richest man, and he married many women, and he had 70 sons. You know, it's not easy to have 70 sons. You've got to have several wives <laughs> to do that. You know. uh, and uh, he, he became the de facto king. And he r- named one of his sons Abimelech, which in Hebrew means my father is king. So what are you thinking? He, he is the, the de facto king. Okay. And then when he died, his one of his sons, the one whom he named Abimelech, said, why not make this kingship real? So he killed his brothers, except one who escaped, and then he asked his mother's side, who are Canaanites, in Shechem, saying, hey, I'm half, sh- half Canaanite. Why don't you support me? So they supported him, and I think he also got a high priest at that time anointing him, and his name was Usher, just like later the Bishop James Usher, who made the chronology of the world, Okay, pretty close, 4004 BC, pretty close, but not quite. Okay, his name is from this high priest Usher. Okay, and uh, the Samaritans who wrote down something, he says, during the time of high priest Usher, Eli stole the high priesthood from him. Well, we know in the Bible the high priest priesthood went to Eli. Okay, and uh, that's legitimate. However, Eli is from another son. You know. Um, uh, Aaron had four sons. Two died because they gave strange fire, right? Two living. From one of them came the high priest line, but the other one, from that one, came uh, Eli, which is not supposed to be. But why does it go there? Because this one who's supposed to be, the usher, he anointed a king without God's approval. Okay? So he was stripped of the high priesthood. It went to Eli. From Eli's, after several generations, came back to Zadok, okay? still fulfilling God's promise to Kenya. Okay. <coughs> well, the story went back to Gideon. Gideon's time, he was a savior. The people were grateful. People gave him kingship, he rejected, but he became the facto king. And his son made, made him real. Okay. Gideon made two mistakes. One is a religious sin, one is a social sin. The religious sin is that he used the gold, he built a golden ephod. He made the gold to weave into threads and he built a high priesthood robe. And um, in other words, he made himself both a civil leader and a religious leader. And that is something that God forbade in Israel. He made the kings and the, tr- and the priests from two tribes to prevent this kind of a concentration of uh, power, kind of dictatorship. And um, Gideon did, did that. That's his religious sin. And then God, from then on, counted the religious sin of Israel from him, gave the Israel 
390 years from the same time as Israel rise, they have 390 years fall. And the, the end of 390 years is exactly 722 B.C. That's when Israel was taken to Assyria. And then God also, because of he did another thing, start to count the sins of Judah, the social sin of Judah, of not obeying the sabbatical years. For they missed 70. That means 490 years of this. So the end of 490 years, if you count from Gideon, it ends in 605 B.C. It's exactly the time of the first captivity of Judah. You see, Gideon was a great guy, but great guys make little mistakes, but great guys' little mistakes are great in this ill effect. Okay, so um, the social sin that Gideon committed is that he accepted a reduced form of sabbatical cycle. In the beginning, God gave Israel this sabbatical cycle, saying every seven years you lay the land rest in the sabbatical year. It's called the year of release. You release the land from the duty of production, give it to rest. You also relieve the debts of people. You also relieve the slaves. Okay. And uh, in the every seven times seven, which is 49 years, and plus one, the 50th year, is the Jubilee. In the Jubilee year, you not only do the above, you also release the land that uh, you bought. So those who are um, poor because they're bad in management, okay, they will get back. They have a start. So God has an equalizer, okay, every seven years and 50 years. Okay. And uh, uh, this will reduce the social tension of society. Okay. But when you have the, 70th, uh, the 50th year, right after the 49th year, having two years fallow, you must have great faith to trust that God gave you enough, okay, in the year before to cover for three years, okay. Some people don't have the faith, so they reduce this cycle. They say because the Jubilee is announced in the middle of the 49th year, why not count the second half of the 49th year as the 50th year? So we don't have two fallow years. That's because they don't have enough faith. But when you have some people who have faith and do it obediently, and some people who don't have faith and don't do it obediently, God has promised that if you are all faithful, I will give you enough. But if you are partial faithful, I will not give you enough. So at the end, those who are faithful will be poorer. And those who are unfaithful will be as if they are blessed. So guess what happens to the proportion? There will be more and more people unfaithful because that seems to be a blessed way. Okay. So four cycles, 200 years pass. It's the time of Gideon. Now he has to make a decision because, uh, you know, the, the sabbatical year now, four out of seven years moved. Okay. You have to go either forward or backward, make a decision. He decided to go the easy way. So from then on, it was the 49th year. Counted also as the 50th year, the second half count the 50th year. And that was remembered and practiced partially. I believe Solomon practiced the Jubilee once in the year that the temple was fi finished. S 
uh, what is that? Six, um, no, nine, uh, 59 BC. In that year, it was a jubilee in that revived system. And if you read the Bible, as if he did a lot of celebration. So assuming that he did this, observed it. Because God also didn't count the sins uh, during the time of David and Solomon as a gap. Okay. Uh, but in the year right before the third captivity of Judah, the last king of Judah, his name was uh, Zedekiah. God is my righteousness. Okay. And he was not really righteous. Jesus is the really who, who made that his life. God is my righteousness. So, uh, but Zedekiah, he ordered his people to release the slaves in the year of 588 B.C., which is a sabbatical year. So you see, they know about this, but they didn't do it wholeheartedly. The purpose of God giving kings is to enforce God's laws, not to relax it. Okay. Uh, the reason for anointing kings by the author of Judges, whom I believe to be Samuel, and he said the reason why do we have kings is because in the time of Judges, there were no king in Israel, and everybody did as he pleases. And that apparently is not right. So what do you do when you have kings? He's supposed to enforce God's laws. But when the kings do not enforce God's laws and they violate God's laws, then there's no need for this kingdom even to exist. You see, that's why Israel and Judah were both judged. And their fall on this failure to obey the fourth commandment started from their first uncrowned king. You see. Okay. So, 200 years after the conquest. Okay. You can see this decline, right? One after another, one law after another is being uh, disobeyed so proportionally that the God starts to count their sins. Okay. So this is what happens for men under the law. Remember, Israel was chosen as a sample of all mankind. They're neither uh, better or worse than the rest of us. They're just a sample. Okay. And uh, what happened to them would happen to us. If Israel cannot be saved by the law, what would we do under the law? We cannot do better. Right? So that's why salvation cannot be by the law. It has to be by grace and through faith. Christ is the grace. We believe in Christ is the faith. And uh, by that way and the only way, that's the way of salvation. So we should remember that. And it's God's grace to let us believe this because even the faith is a gift of God, right? The seed of faith is a gift of God. And you're not saved by, uh, by works. You're saved by grace through faith. And this, which means both, is a gift of God so that no one can boast. So when we gather today, we are supposed to remember the grace because it is free for us, but it's not free for Christ. He gave it all, right? He gave his life. He, gave his, um, he, he suffered the greatest pain, all because of his obedience to his Father and his love for us. So we are here to remember this so that we will try to give back to Christ what he deserves, which is our hearts, our lives. We are imperfect, and he knows that. It's not because our good acts that received us. He received us because Father's decision and his love. 
So we have been received, don't doubt it. Okay? But we try to make his love resonate from us. Love him back by worshiping God and by loving brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay? In that line, thinking the body of Christ was given to us, we take this in remembrance of him. The blood of Christ was shed for us, we give this in remembrance of him. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the two kings in heaven on two thrones, riding two cherubim, we are here to worship you. We believe in God, the triune God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to live in us, making our body now the temple of God. We are here to worship you, to thank you, and uh, we are here to renew our new covenant, which you have set up through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we pray by our above uh, confessed belief and uh, our vow to obey, you will continue your work of salvation, sanctification, and final glorification in us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.